Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto. Hello, hello, everyone. So special bonus episode alert. Yes, we wanted to do something really exciting, really kind of to commemorate this spectacular year for women. Um, oh my God, hello, Venus retrograde. Summer. I know. Right? And to top it off, we actually have a special guest in studio today, an amazing astrologer who I personally deeply respect. I actually met earlier this year at the conference I was at, Miss Camille Michelle Gray. Hi, Tasha. Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, so, I mean, I'm personally so grateful because when we first met, you and I were talking about literally Beyonce's rising sign within yeah. like the first two minutes of meeting each other. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course, we had to end this year with in retrograde throwing another complicated question into the mix, right? This is something a lot yeah. of astrologers have been kind of going back on. And I don't know, Emma, is it is it as prevalent in the human design community, like Beyonce's identity, energetic identity? Well, okay, you go first. And then based on what you guys are saying, then I'll talk about the human design perspective because like okay. they're tied to each other. Mm, okay, okay, okay. But- you know, just to start off easy, because I know a lot of people who are listening, you know, oh, maybe there's like a connection to like a celebrity that carries a deeper meaning. And I wonder if that's, you know, present in our charts. So Camille, I know Beyonce, you don't really follow a lot of pop culture, but you, you did say you follow, you know, your specific people. Is okay. there a specific connection in the chart, in Beyonce's chart and your chart that pulls you to her? Um. I think it's her Scorpio moon opposite my Taurus moon. One thing that I really like mm -hmm. about Beyonce and people like her with Scorpio moons is like the bravery that she has and the honesty and the intimacy that she brings into her music, but also just who she is as a person, like very Mars ruled moon kind of just taking life by the horns. And as a Taurus moon who can get really stuck in my ruts, I like look at that as inspiration. <laughs> so I think mm -hmm. I like her, the person, and I'm so happy she exists as a person and then underneath of that is the music that I like so I think it's the lunar connection for me what about you hmm, interesting um it, this is actually really funny I don't really have a strong Beyonce connection and I actually oh. think it has mirrored because I used to not maybe be the biggest fan per se but I've always like there were certain songs that would hit him like wow that really like cut super deep like this makes a lot of sense intimate relationship things yeah. you know and um and then I realized when she, you know, with this immense Libra stellium, I mean, like, this is probably one of the most powerful Libra stelliums I have ever seen on a person. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like, oh, very loud. And I mean, she could be a Libra rising, right? So that's like that on top of it all. Um, yes. But it occupies my 12th house. And I think that for me, Beyonce actually taps into an element of femininity for me and sexuality and ownership of that beauty in a way that I have always quite honestly felt very fearful of of mm, myself yeah. not for other people other people I'm like oh my god you're amazing it's you that's you but that's like not me and so it's you know it kind of created this really triggering relationship as well um privilege to go to the concert in, but the movie was incredible and <laughs> if no you know, 
did you when when you saw it like when it came out opening I weekend, saw right? it when it came out and I went into the theater with my astrologer hat on of course I was there to enjoy but there's a vantage point you get through documentaries through their own words and through their own yeah. eyes mm -hmm. that I think um can illuminate the chart I like to think I didn't go into it biased like I understand why people think Scorpio rising yeah. I just at the end of the day really believe firmly in that like powerful Libra in her, in her first house for a powerful yeah. person. Yeah. 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 I second that. And, you know, we're going to leave a question. Obviously, what do you think is Beyonce a Scorpio rising, Libra rising? We'd love to hear you, you know, add your argument to the mix. Um, but I mean, you know what? I want to leave the floor to you opening arguments because I know you've been <laughs> incredibly passionate about this. And I mean, this is, that was the impetus for even getting on this recording. It yeah. confirmed she's a Libra rising like <laughs> let's, let's unpack that <laughs> um well I will have to say for someone who has Mars in Gemini I this issue didn't peak for me until I realized there was a debate around it so classic mm -hmm. Mars classic. Gemini I'm like let me see what the facts are let me you know and mm -hmm. the Libra rising just makes so much sense for me I like have my notes split up into like areas of life that I think yes we're rising <laughs> Oh, really that music strongly. Yeah. And we can talk about it as we go. But the first thing I wanted to bring up in argument for Libra rising, and this is going to sound so obvious and stereotypical and basic, but she's beautiful. Yeah. And one of the things that Venus rising in Libra gives someone traditionally is beauty and okay. charm and musical talent and a beautiful voice. Right. Um, and and that's kind of like who she is known for. And it's not only that she is a beautiful person, but she's known as this behemoth beauty, which yeah. I think just elevates the presence of the outer planets along with the inner planets, uh, yeah. Mer Mercury and Venus, um, as kind of elevating her personhood to like the zeitgeist or like to the mm. culture. Yeah, so that's yeah. the first thing that I wanted to bring up. It's not that Scorpio risings aren't beautiful, obviously, Tasha, <laughs> but... Um, there's wow. just strength of beauty that I think Libra and Venus rising in Libra really brings to the table. Yeah. You mentioned strength and beauty. And I think it's interesting that that Venus is conjunct her Pluto kind of like just further emphasizing the power behind that beauty. And as you said, yeah. it is this beauty that appeals to a large audience, even though she does have very traditionally black features yeah. that wouldn't necessarily be seen that way and she was such a huge part of making that really like more universally beautiful um so like bringing that plutonian that change that power behind that beauty um and it's it's like changed so much for so many people and had that that impact which as a libra rising we think about society and like the kind of impact you can have on like tipping the scales so to speak from one perception to another yeah that's so powerful and important because that's what i brought up as pluto in her first house and the identity politics behind it she has made black features and black people like has elevated them to the beautiful people and you know energy that they are but there still is pushback and there still is does she bleach her skin why is she blonde oh, this oh. and that and that the hair thing at her at her <sighs> own fucking premiere are you kidding Isn't that crazy like do you not know about lighting 
<laughs> literally literally it's so uh, it's currently so it, the world is tripping right now like on a super massive scale. tripping and so i just say that to say it's not without its controversy her beauty is not without its controversy mm. which i think pluto really brings into the to the mix yeah really. you know that's actually what i was gonna zone in on you know because i happen to have pluto on my ascendant and i'm a scorpio rising so mm. i'm like this is the, the perfect argument for me because a lot of people ask oh, like, what's the difference if you're trying to take, you know, plant, your planets are not your signs and vice versa, right? And yeah. I think this is prime example of it, because to me, Beyonce strikes me as a Plutonic person, not a Scorpionic person. Mm-hmm. And not to say that she's not a Scorpionic person, you know, in an emotional sense, or in any kind of sense, right? Because she does have a Scorpio moon and Uranus conjuncted. But to have Pluto in your first carries a level of magnetism that with Venus, it's just, it's an undeniable magnetism. And the way she, you know, fully embraces the sensuality. And I mean, of course, I think, you know, not always the case, but Libra Risings are known aesthetically to also have this really beautifully, and I mean, she came out Venusian, like, right, with Mm -hmm. the oyster, the clam, like, everything so Venus to the point where it's like hitting you over the head with it. And I can understand, you know, wanting to put the, all that Libra in the 12th, because the 12th is a pretty mystical place. And she is so, as you said, elevated in pop culture and the zeitgeist. Yeah. But I still think that Pluto in the first is just so much more impactful like this. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think so too. And I think it's a really important argument to make that planets are always going to trump the energy of a sign. Like the the mm-hmm. impact that Pluto brings to her ascendant Um is the Scorpio that people are talking about is what I think. <laughs> They're misattributing that to like the power of Pluto and Pluto gets um, mixed up energetically with Scorpio all the time with modern yeah. rulerships. But yeah, there is something about that impact of Pluto in the first house, making her a powerful person, intimidating person, a controversial person, someone who owns and stands in her power. And again, not without controversy, it just speaks mm-hmm. so beautifully to to Pluto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From a human design perspective, more than half of her circuitry falls in what's known as the collective circuit. Mm-hmm. And really what this means, it's not that you're directly working with the collective, but it's that you're inherently having an impact on the collective. And for Beyonce specifically, the energy is tied to that of experiencing things for mm-hmm. yourself. And through Mm -hmm. that, then kind of processing and telling a story. And we see that in her music. I mean, specifically Lemonade was kind of, I think, when things shifted. It's also when I became a fan because before that it was very like pop music. And yeah, like I liked a song here or there, but it didn't resonate with me. And then here was this woman who came into her own, took her power, used this pain to create something that helped heal her, but then could also help heal all these other people that like resonated with the experience that she had. And to me, that's also super like Pluto and Venus in Libra, no matter really where it's kind of falling, but the fact that she embodies that for so many people, but Venus, you know, we're talking about it from a a place of beauty, but it's also your values and your Mm -hmm. worth. Um, And -hmm. I think that it's really important to note that Beyonce has an open ego center and open heart center and so on the um kind of high vibe of this it's i don't have to prove shit to anyone i know i'm worthy 
Whereas mm -hmm. on the low side of this, it's I have to do all these things to prove myself. And I think we've even seen the evolution of her within that, um, of going from this place of I need to do all these things because it's what's expected of me and because I want to get to this point for myself, but also to bring up others to coming to this place of I'm the fucking shit. And mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do me and look at what that brings to everyone else. Yeah, that's so, so, so good. And and the, I think one of the first things she said in the film is that she's a serial people pleaser and she's yes. so she's fucking tired of that, <laughs> whatever yes. expectation she is. Um, and that just speaks again to the gravity of, you know, Libra rising to be identified with your people pleasing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that makes sense. The, the, I know that I'm worthy. I know who I am, especially when you look at her Mars <laughs> in Leo. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> that makes totally. so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to say to, you know, I'm really glad you brought up values, Emma, because when I think of values, you know, you think of like, I think the second house also. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, right. And if she is a Libra rising, she would have her Scorpio moon and Uranus in that second house. And I actually think that makes even more sense if we're talking strictly, even looking at this year when mm -hmm. she announced the Renaissance tour. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, what, the, around the lunar eclipse in Scorpio? Yeah. So, you know, activating that second house, like Uranus and Moon, and I mean, what, she's made like $2.1 billion. Like, that's a money house. Like, there are so many imprints of money and paper in her music that yeah. through that provide like, oh, the best revenge is getting more money. I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, keep going. Keep going. I love that. Was, yeah. The best revenge is your paper. I was like, that's second house Scorpio moon. And to speak to the Uranus part of it, I know people are like, oh, Uranus, you know, sudden ups and downs, sudden changes, which is true. And we're not privy to her life. But Uranus is also like glass ceiling breaking, like unprecedented wealth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for mm -hmm. her, mm -hmm. unprecedented wealth for her family, for a black woman, for a pop star. Um, so that just tracks all the way down to the second house. And then Venus rising would put the ruler for eighth in the first two, right? So to just be known as a billionaire or to be known for billionaires that you have. Yeah, big billionaire energy. So I like that for for Uranus and Moon in the second house. That makes a lot of sense. Her her finances are so incredibly powerful in terms mm -hmm. of her lived experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I, I would say? I think even watching the movie from start to finish you know how much especially compared to like maybe home I, I watched homecoming before I went to see renaissance just to get like a comparison like oh how things have changed and how she's nice. evolved over the years and after having her children I feel like was when her mission and her emotional comfort really started to jive you know mm. and how that translated to the music she was putting out and the performances she was putting out like what is the impact of what I do and what my children want to see from me mm -hmm. you know they want to look I want to provide a beautiful role model for them to look up to and not right so and also with the twins it was unexpected pregnancy Iran is on moon like yes. and the fact that it was you know and I'll this I'll actually dive into a little more like later on or you can dive into it now but her pregnancy or her delivery was incredibly traumatic and mm -hmm. I know she talked about having very difficult pregnancies and whatnot and I feel like that's very Uranus moon Scorpio as well 
you know, there's all these sudden shocks to the body, the comfort and um, your privacy and everything getting infringed upon. Yeah. Uh, but when I pulled the date for when she gave birth to the twins, this is actually what sold me on the fact that she's a Libra rising. Not to say that everything else didn't, but in my mind, it was like, I just don't see how these transits would have worked with the Scorpio rising in whole sign. These work incredibly to the point with um, Libra rising. So when the twins were born, I think she was going through what a 12th house year into a first 35 and oh, wow. 36 year old okay yeah and if she's a libra rising that would put her venus sun in that 12th house so first of all the idea of your vitality kind of you know being in a very nebulous house right like and it's a lot about letting go of control big point but at june 13th venus in taurus was squaring her mars in leo from the eighth house right mars in cancer in her 10th you know the idea of pregnancy dangers to pregnancy squaring her mercury saturn in her first house in libra difficult yeah. pregnancies involving two um what else was there i was looking at that too tasha and yeah. that's so important is to look at the important things that happened in her life and compare to the transits like it's not only the natal chart that we're looking at but like what activates yeah. it Something I noticed yeah. is that when around the time that she gave birth to her twins, right, she was like 218 pounds, she had high blood pressure, terrible health issues, Jupiter was returning for her in Libra in her first house, mm -hmm. and that would put the ruler of her six in the first. So we have all these health issues, and again just being spotlit by the ruler of the six being in the first at the time. And then also so literal, like you reach your highest weight ever when Jupiter's in your first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that just makes a lot of sense. Or you're just carrying around like a lot, you know, in terms of the twins. Um, yeah. So I looked at that too. And I saw the Mars square to Venus too. I was like, yeah, this was a rough time for her, even though it was a blessing, obviously Jupiter, but rough. Well, it's interesting you say blessing too, because Neptune was opposing her son from her sex yes. at that time too, right? So, yeah. so many things around health, death, mortality, getting activated in such a way. I mean, I'm so happy and thankful she like made it all past that because that's like quite scary. I and mean, it's not like you can predict death and you look back and you're like, holy shit, like, yeah, we can really understand the severity yeah. of what she was going through at that time. And I can only imagine, you know, that Scorpio moon, like kind of taking control right in those Absolutely. moments but really having I mean, to surrender yeah to come yeah. out and that sun neptune opposition you're talking about i also remember like she was put on bed rest which mm -hmm. is 12th house condition right to like be away from the world um while you're birthing new life so that just really really added up like it's scorpio rising the sixth house like the condition of the sixth house during that time this wasn't so that striking yeah <laughs> as this one totally like truthfully like I literally have a list and I'm like Libra rising going down every key event you know and Scorpio rising okay I can't hypothesize between the two but this one was almost undeniable yeah yeah okay and here's where I'm confused about the conversations going on in the human design space around Beyonce and there's no um there's no back and forth People are saying very definitively that she mm -hmm. is a manifesting generator, which would mean 
that she can neither be a Libra rising or a Scorpio rising. She would have to have been born before 6 a.m. on her birthday. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that she's a generator. And here's my thoughts behind that. When we think about Beyonce, we think music. Has she acted? Yes. Has she produced? Yes. She has a whole production, like, uh, company she has a clothing company for kids like sure she has her hands in other pots um what wealthy person who knows about investing properly and has a brand isn't going to do all those things um a generator over time is about mastery you put your energy towards a specific thing and you reach mastery with time um, music, Beyonce, music versus a manifesting generator. And when I was thinking through this, like the first thing that I thought was, oh, well, I mean, like Rihanna, Rihanna is a manifesting generator. I didn't even mm. know that, but I know her and I looked up her chart and I confirmed that no matter what time of day Rihanna is born, there's no other possibility other than manifesting generator. We think Rihanna, we think clothing we think makeup we think music we think like all these things within the thought of rihanna but mm -hmm. when we think beyonce we think diva music fucking boss bitch yeah people don't listen to, to everything you see out on the internet this is why you can't trust the internet um <laughs> that's so cool because you're right when i think of rihanna i think of like oh fenty fenty beauty <laughs> lingerie like <laughs> i liked her sneakers yeah lingerie i don't think yeah. about ivy park hardly ever sorry beyonce to make but, it you know, happen, it's, but it's not as i don't maybe it's that saturn mercury <laughs> thing you know and because she does have these you know really really tough love type of forces on these you know like her thoughts and her value yeah. her art artistry so it's almost like she needs to be push to that level in or, or like have feeling like she has to overcome that in order to yeah. I think pull a certain level of greatness not to say like her clothes aren't great but it's her music just undeniable yeah yeah absolutely Did, I don't know if we ever or if you know like if we got into the lore behind why there's such a question mark with her birth time oh no what okay so I don't actually fully know I just only came into the whole debate please. yeah so this is what I believe is the backstory so I don't know if you know the astro twins but they're like mm -hmm. you know these behemoth right astrologers somewhere in the early 2000s they were like at an in-person event and Beyonce walked by and they're like can I read your chart and so she had to call up her mom to get her birth time now, from what the Astro twins remember, they remember her being a Libra rising. But when they recollected the story like years later, they're like, yeah, her mom gave us the birth time of 1130, which pushes it into Scorpio rising. Mm. So that's like where this whole thing came from. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know if the Astro twins remember seeing Libra rising then. <laughs> Maybe they got the time mixed up like a couple of years later. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like where it started. And then all the doubt crept in and they were like, well, wait a minute, could she be a Scorpio rising? Uh, and then that camp came up. Yeah. Love it. I love, Ophi. <laughs> I love Ophi. If you're listening to this, uh, like we got to talk. <laughs> yeah. I need confirmation. Find those files on your computer. Literally, this will, it would be bigger than when Hillary Clinton had her birth oh time. God, do you remember that? Yeah. What a, what a frenzy. I felt like, holy shit. I didn't, I wasn't even privy to that frenzy. And then I was just like, whoa, this is, this is a lot. Huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah crazy intense um but what I was actually gonna say and this is you know I don't I don't really want to be this person okay because I hate when like someone posts something about Beyonce and then immediately someone's like Taylor Swift the comparison right yeah brutal Mm -hmm. but as fate just so happens Taylor is a Scorpio rising Mm -hmm. and you know I thought it was interesting in the context of this debate as well because both of them had such crazy summers right amidst Mm -hmm. this Venus retrograde um I don't believe Taylor has Leo placements I can't actually I can actually pull that up but she has a very different looking chart from Beyonce but if we were just to look at the idea of Leo in that 10th house right and given the summers and on tour they both had you know I can totally also see why people would say Scorpio rising yeah and Renaissance did come out on that new moon in Leo in 2022 it did I can totally see that and I can also see it just based on like the presence and like the way she holds her gaze and like the kind of not playing around with being intimidating, but, you know, the kind of like intensity that she can sometimes perform or put on. But again, mm-hmm. who's to say it's not Pluto or Saturn? Saturn is a kind mm-hmm. of intimidating factor as well. Like no one ever looks at Saturn in the first house for being like complete boss bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've got Saturn in the first and like, <laughs> I feel like that totally gives me an energy of number one, like boss authoritative figure you know Mm -hmm. like also the discipline can we talk about her discipline um which could yes be that mars in um leo like totally a fixed sign just like going at it going at it especially to be that person on the stage to be in the limelight to get to that point um but she's also like her profile is a one three, which the one is about mastery. So again, we see like more mastery with her. For the, okay, wait, let's take a step back on the more basic level. A generator, if something brings her joy, she's gonna have the energy to just keep going and going and going, and that energizer bunny energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the one has this need for a foundation of kind of like perfection for security for. Um, safety, knowing that she knows it, she has it. And then the three line is all about trial, error, failure, getting back up and doing it again. And it's a super resilient. And she said, I also, I didn't watch Renaissance, but I watched Homecoming. And yeah, like through people's words, you can totally see their energetics coming through. Um, And she said, mistakes make you who you are. Such a three-line thing. Like, how can you reach perfection if you haven't failed? Um, And she said, I studied my history. I studied my past. I put every mistake all of my triumphs, my 22-year career into my two-hour homecoming performance. Like, again, we see that collective energy of looking back on something, kind of seeing how to improve it and then bring it to everyone. So just like in so many ways, this one three comes through her. And I think it's interesting because Jay-Z has the same profile. And a lot of times with um, like successful relationships, whether it's a friendship or a lover, um, sharing a profile is really going to bond you in this. We go through life in the same way. I think it also has a big, you know, factor in her forgiving him for that major public display of disrespect that he showed her. Um, but she knows like, okay, you, you fucked up and it's okay. 
and we can keep moving forward to build this solid foundation that we both want this stable relationship that we both want so um yeah I just like all I have so many notes of just lines from the show and how it relates back to either her collective energy or that one three or that generator and that just like that need for mastery and perfection and dedication yeah it's so crazy how that maps onto her chart too because the mercury saturn conjunction is like a very studious intense type of individual and I don't know if you remember this scene, Tasha, in Renaissance, where she's just like with the notebook, <laughs> like oh scribbling furiously. Yes. Very intense focus. I was like, yeah, that's Mercury with Saturn. And it's so emblematic of an exalted Saturn in the first house. All of the Saturnian challenges like make you who you are and mm-hmm. in fact kind of make you more powerful and more even resilient, which I think mm-hmm. is a Saturnian attribute if we look at it closely, like just continuing to get up and fight and push through the challenges. And then the work ethic, you know, the work ethic that she puts into her stagecraft is one thing, but also like that she puts into her body. (laughs) So homecoming, she was bouncing back from twins. And then um, in Renaissance, I believe she was working through like a a bum knee in somewhere had surgery. Like a month before the tour. A month before. And it reminds me of like how Saturn does bring issues with the bones, right? To the first house, if that's there. But then also how Saturn, you know, in a non kind of stigmatized way can represent like bones and getting thin. And there's just such a process behind Beyonce's stagecraft and her performances where her diet and her workout routine are every bit as as part of that. And something I even remember about her was that like lemon juice and cayenne pepper diet that she did Mm -hmm. way back in the day. A Saturnian individual can totally dedicate themselves, especially if it's in the name of aesthetic, which is a first house lever kind of thing to me, like doing hard Saturn things so that you can look a certain way. Oh, absolutely. And I think it also speaks to the um, Venus, I'm sorry, not Venus, sun in Virgo in her 12th as a lever rising. And she has Ceres in Virgo on her as well. Nice. So... There is this subconscious element that runs through. It's that Virgoan, like Virgo and Libra both strive for perfection. But with her Virgo sun in the 12th, you almost, I feel like there's also like a spiritual component to it. And you kind of see it in the way she talks, you know, like this is part of the process, progress, not perfection. Um, But I do think that with the 12th, it has you confronting your fears and it comes has you confronting your worst habits it has you confronting a whole lot about yourself and with your son there's so much about the ego that needs to get deconstructed and attachments letting go so if something is not going your way we'll figure out a way to make it happen as opposed to complaining about it not happening you know and it like I love the idea of that son in that 12 just for that spirituality alone because I felt like that was such a spiritual experience watching renaissance like you know, and it was really fueled by her. And at, you know, the opening too, you have her standing on stage and how she's articulating, like, I just need to exist as my presence. Like that to me is a very powerful sun in 12th, like even more than a sun in 10th thing. Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk more, like getting more into the 12th, there's the obvious, there's the obvious kind of correlation with Beyonce having a 12th house sun because she's like very private, but I also Mm -hmm. connected it to, you know, the 12th house is behind the scenes work. It's recording studios. It's the yeah. soundstage. 
And folks would be like, well, if she has Libra 12th house, that kind of represents the same thing. But no, because I believe that behind the scenes and through her documentaries, we can see that the behind the scenes process is very messy and very mutable because mm -hmm. of that Virgo presence. And so I like to look at it as her behind the scenes Virgo work ethic um, is what like produces the work, but the aesthetic, the Liberizing, the perfection of it being, you know, polished and put out to the masses yeah. The Libra rising first house. Like this happened in the background. I created this for you and bam, Libra stellium first house. It's perfect, aesthetic, balanced. <laughs> Everyone likes it, right? So that process of 12th house to first house connection really, mm -hmm. really makes sense, especially because the ruler for 12th is in the first with Mercury, mm -hmm. Saturn there. So that's kind of the what that reminds me of. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Also the way she said, I wanted to really spotlight the crew and have oh, yes. them be a part of the performance. So, you know, Sun in 12th illuminating the behind the scenes and putting them on stage. And it's it's so incredibly beautiful. And I did want to take a second and talk about, you know, the way she uses her voice as a microphone, a platform, mm -hmm. um, as someone that is, you know, she may not be the loudest on social media in terms of my opinion is this and my opinion is that, right? She communicates it through these moments and really, really, as you said, way back earlier in the show, you know, seeps into the zeitgeist. It becomes a cultural ideology. But Emma, I was actually wondering if there was anything about her in the chart that would, you know, lend to this sort of very strong sort of leader, but also someone that really does permeate the conscious wave or is that the collective energy totally. that you were talking well, it's, yeah it's the collective energy but also it's her um incarnation cross which again oh. she shares with jay-z they just have it expressed oh. in different ways so hers specifically it's called the right angle cross oh. of consciousness she has the third iteration i don't remember which one he has because this isn't about him um <laughs> but basically it's like this energy of Again, like the ability to see patterns, apply logic, learn from your experiences and understand through timing and having the right timing, you can make a huge impact on everyone else and kind of help bring them along. It's this, the right angle cross of consciousness. You're changing the consciousness of the collective. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's really interesting because I think she has really shifted us in so many ways and like she brings us along. She so much about her is I do it for the culture. Like she embodies that to a T and she does it consciously. But I think through doing it in such a conscious way, it's like, how do I explain this? It's like why it's so, I don't, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. But again, I kind of see that as being tied to that uh, Virgo and Sun in the 12th of like, yes, it's coming from this conscious place, but it's kind of permeating on this unconscious level because it's being done through music. It's not being yeah. done in this such direct way of like the way a politician or the way a thought leader or the way that like um, a motivational speaker is going to do it. It's yeah. permeating us through our souls and even just through the beat of the music. It's like you could take the words out of it, but still feel everything that she's conveying. Um, and again, since it's done through the storytelling, we can see how it applies to each of our lives and we put ourselves in that position and really feel where she's coming from. I think also when we look at her 
the definition in her throat, like each gate in the throat has a specific voice. And if you communicate through this voice, it in theory has a bigger impact on the other end. And I haven't really looked to her lyrics so much, but she has the voices in the gates of, I believe, gate 56. I experience or I feel gate 35. I know I can be of service of, or I know I can help gate eight. And I'm leading the way for gate 31. And it's so like, even if she's not saying things these way, we can see how she does all these things. I'm leading the way for everyone in this production with me that I'm going to shine a light on. I'm leading the way for everyone else who comes after me. Um, I know I could be of service by doing these things. Also being of service, like the most Virgoan thing ever. Um, I experience, I feel, I believe like that's where her music's coming from. So I think like she just so beautifully embodies her energetics sometimes. Yes. in the low vibe of, I need to prove myself. I need to do this. Like, of course we can't always be in the high vibe expression of our energy you've been pushing yourself too far like does it create a great product in the end yes is it the best thing for you to do for yourself i don't know maybe maybe not like she's the only person that will know that on that deeper level um but yeah i think just so much of her is embodied through herself and even at the end of homecoming there was a maya angelou quote and it's joy brings me joy generator um like I live in the present and I know the charge is on you to make this country more than it is today. Like this, the fact that she's even highlighting these quotes means that she so relates to them and they resonate so deeply with her. So yeah, I just feel like she just embodies herself and how she's meant to be, whether it's in the high vibe or the low vibe, it's just so embodied that um, I, like that's why she's Beyonce. And if we could all fall into that, we'd be our own versions of the Beyonce's. Oh my God. That's so good. I had so many aha moments as you were talking. The first thing you said is like, she does it for the culture, which to me, that's an 11th house placement. That's Mars, Leo, 11th house. <laughs> I'm doing it for you. And it also made me think back to what Tasha said about spotlighting the crew. 11th house placements know that it takes a village. It takes a community. And she, her stardom is obviously very much, you know, because of that, but she's also grateful. She has like gratitude for the people that she's around thinking about the ruler of the 11th and the 12th, right? The sun ruling her Leo 11th house. So that just made so much sense in terms of she's not really a figure where she's like, yes, I did it. It was hard work, me, 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 like the humility is there, but also the Mars, the ruler of her moon in the 11th house. It's like, there is no me without everyone else, like you know, doing things in the background. And that was such an obvious thing in the Renaissance movie when I saw how many fucking people were there just putting the stage together. <laughs> it's like, that's an 11th house magnetism. People there to do things for you, right? To help you shine in this very Leo way. And then the yes. other thing you said was like empathy and how she writes from this empathetic place. It reminded me of like Break My Soul where she's like, you know, I'm on at nine, I'm off past five. And I'm like, Beyonce, you ain't got no nine to five job. But what she's doing is like, she relates or she has empathy for the fact that that's what her fans are going through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to write that and put that into the music. I don't connect with it, but I know you will connect with it, which I think is just brilliantly evocative of a 12th house son. Yeah. yeah. And I always mention about Leo. So I'll harp on it once again. Like Leo's about your pride, the pride, yeah. like your family, your people, and oh, like yeah. in the 11th house, like, sh like putting your people, bringing them up with you. Yeah. Um, 
Mm. Oh, and the was... pride in terms of her family. Her family's on tour with her all the time. Cancer Midheaven, like yeah. her, she is seen or her career is not ever uh, separatable from her family, like that, that she that she has oh, her pride. Like I think I was reading comments and people were like, she has a Cancer Midheaven, so like she can't, you know, like that can't be. Like this is Wait, obviously yeah. Leo Midheaven. I'm like that one incorrect because, um, hello, her Moon and Uranus, like you know might be conjunct right and like it's a it, spicier cancer <laughs> yeah and also cancers are the ultimate um like camouflage people so mm-hmm. it's not that we're shy we will cater to whatever the mood requires so yeah. we you feel comfortable whether that makes us feel comfortable totally different story again going back to the people pleasing thing it's very yeah. similar um to that libra energy you know to some degree so i do like the cancer on an angular house as well and again so much about renaissance has been or at least ever since she's had blue ivy right and mm-hmm. you know speaking of mars and leo literally her child performing with her on tour yes. this summer oh my god <laughs> that was so cute that actually made me like tear up a little bit um me too she got progressively better and better like her ethic is she's like inheriting it from her mom so cute. Yeah. And Blue Ivy is a Capricorn, which would put yes, her she in is. the fourth house. Yes. House. <laughs> and Tina is also a Capricorn. She is. She is. Fourth house and yeah. the mother line and, you know, the family emphasis. Like, it's very strong, you know, very the foundation strong. of family and how that comes out in the 10th and how she views this as a family. I mean, even her. Like she's mother Beyonce at the House of Renaissance, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Also, like what made her famous to begin with was starting with a group, a girl group, and they're still her family, and she still like brings them along with her, even Absolutely. though you remember at the beginning when it was like, oh, Beyonce is like breaking out and leaving them behind, and it was seen as such a negative thing, and it's like no we're all on our own path like just because you started in that space doesn't mean you need to remain in that space it would be interesting to like if we ever found out her time to know like if her breaking away from the group had to do with her midheaven progressing into leo Mm -hmm. um as kind of like taking the spotlight on for herself yeah you know it also makes sense like her ascendant would have also progressed into scorpio so that's where i see yeah she's could be in a phase of her life where that scorpio is more prominent but i still think she was born libra rising and to bring up destiny's child like a girl super group libra rising venus rising in libra come on Mm -hmm. collaborating with other people um which she did in destiny's child and which she continues to do is very Libra coded. And then to say something about the Cancer Midheaven, which Tasha was saying, like she is very much mother coded. But I also see the Cancer Midheaven as showing up as the nurturer, whatever career they're in, right? You don't have to have a Leo Midheaven to be a superstar, but it's just how you do your superstardom. And she seems really kind, really nurturing. Again, there's so much emphasis on family roots and lineage in her whole thing. Uncle Johnny made my dress. Like that's- oh, okay. <laughs> that was tear part two, tear yeah, part two. I cried during that whole oh Johnny section. But yeah, she's so proud of where she came from. Her name is a surname that was spelled wrong. And you know, I'm from Louisiana, Texas, Bama. Like it's just so cancer. This is my clan. This is my Houston hometown. And she's elevating it up to the 10th house because she's so proud of where she's come from. Yes, it's an elevation of your roots, literally. Yes. elevation of roots. So good, so, so good. 
so so good oh I just got chills and um mm-hmm. so glad you brought up Uncle Johnny though because mm-hmm. this was unfortunately for you know for better or for worse like another thing that I was like oh this kind of makes sense like for her Neptune and SAG to be in third I kind of view Uncle Johnny as that Neptune and SAG for her yeah third house yeah. extended family you know this person that was always so seemingly joyful and optimistic and took care of us and was so compassionate even amidst really really difficult circumstances being a black gay man in the south in the 50s right like you see that there and you know I feel like with Neptune being that ruler of the sixth as well like that doubling down on that uncle and now you know you have Saturn right now transiting going through the sixth right and you know with Uranus in the eighth um not only are you really like getting this financial boom but you're also really getting this deep emotional processing and I think you're hearing her or the echoes of her Uranus opposition coming up right with I'm getting I'm feeling as liberated as I have because you know grief is also something that you know takes a lifetime to maybe get over for some people and people still work through it right and especially after the eclipses of the last couple of years in Taurus and Scorpio hitting those houses, I do wonder, you know, this is such a huge cathartic moment for her. And the, and what's actually interesting to think about from like an energetics perspective is the correlation between how much work and how much energy she released in order to call in such abundance. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's a pretty (laughs) big one. And it made me think of how Pluto has been in her fourth for like a long time and it's it's at like the edge right right now and thinking about a past death a past family death like putting that into your work it would have been opposite her 10th house or midheaven at some point mm-hmm. and then yeah the Uranus in the eighth house during like a world-breaking tour so again we have like money as being this Uranian like suddenness of like you know you you're creating an example that has not been created before mm-hmm. and she she like affected whole ass economies with this tour. Mm-hmm. Hotels were in business, food is in business, Airbnbs were charging more just so people, because they knew people would come see her. And mm-hmm. that speaks to the eighth house and its impact, right? It's an economic place. It's not just your money, but how your money is affecting the money of others and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And especially with Jupiter there as the Renaissance tour was was kicking off and kicking ass. I was like, yeah, she <laughs> made a whole bunch for herself and made a whole bunch for others <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. This was an amazing summer. I mean, you know, I'm she has Chiron and Taurus mm-hmm. as well. And it's actually at the degree of this Jupiter-Uranus conjunction coming up this year. So I am very invested um I'm like maybe I should have applied more brain power to like trying to understand maybe what would happen but I mean with Uranus you can never predict right like Uranus is kind of like you call it out it just won't happen that's the running joke what but... do you think her Chiron and Taurus like does for her do you have you like looked into like what that means for her or, like what the wounding there would be oh you know I I do I it... okay this is not to say like people call things in or people, you know, invite things in, or you deserve to, or sorry, not to conflate, you call things in with you deserve what happens to you. Okay. There is like a huge difference. Yeah. I do think that, 
you know, with Chiron and Taurus, it's like, you know, the fear of resources from losing resources all across the board, because, Mm -hmm. you know, with all that first house emphasis, she is such a leader, she is such a provider, she has to, you know, be really serious about her long-term priorities, right? Karmically, she is evolving into this more, like, I can't just do it for me. I have a lot, the weight of the culture on me, my family, my family, like everything. There is that wounding there, yes, but also it just is very interesting to see how it kind of played out with everything with Jay-Z, right? It's a very deep kind of love, but also sometimes with the Mercury and Saturn there, I can almost feel, I can almost see her maybe even not placing herself and her needs, even though she is very like strong, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of how she presents to the world, but in her intimate relationships, maybe different story. And I can kind of see that wounding around actually trusting my instinct or trusting how I feel my body and trusting that I can say something to my partner and my partner will be supportive and receiving of that and I said in the Venus Pluto too as well and so you know if she didn't assert herself and I feel like you know I, I can't speak to um the condition of the relationship right now but based on you know how open at least jay-z yeah. was in that interview right about the infidelity and how they're moving past and how they seem to be doing really amazing it just feels like that Chiron and Taurus got a lot of healing and mm. really you know allowing her to also recover her relationship again with her divine feminine like yeah. this was like she's always been very sensual but this hit another level of divinity almost yeah and i, I think yeah. that chiron and taurus in that eighth really tapped into that and the fact that she helps other people feel good about their bodies like Chiron and Taurus in the eighth is such a superpower that way. And I think I read somewhere that um, I think like Virgo is associated with Chiron energy. Like there's a very strong correlation. So again, for the fact that, you know, you have her, I mean, it's not a trine like by orbit energetically with that 12th house Virgo sun. I mean, yeah, she's a healer. And I also see it in terms of she like affirms other people's value like so much, whether, you know, and I don't know her background processing, whether she always has or places a lot of value on herself or her beauty or her assets, what she has done for others is to certainly, especially for black folk to be like, nope, you have ground to stand on. You're important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, I see that as like the healing part of the wounded healer. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I really, I don't necessarily know what to expect moving forward. And I I think that's why she's been such an incredible longstanding figure, her ability to transform. And, you know, that's a combination of Pluto and her first, um, you know, Pluto and Venus, right? Consistently evolving style. I'm so incredibly excited to see what is happening next, but I did I was curious about, you know, potentially you had written something, mm-hmm. a, a zine about the Neptunian influence yeah. um, in the African-American Black community. I would love, you know, to hear your take on tying that with Beyonce's chart because she has that Neptune in SAG and, you know, Camille is an amazing writer. She writes for many publications. So I highly, highly recommend everyone go check it out. I think it's downloadable on your website. Is that yeah, correct? it is for $11 and 11 cents. <laughs> yes, support your artists. Support yeah. your 
but we can do stuff like this and talk about Beyonce for like exactly. a whole hour. <laughs> the floor is yours, Camille. The floor is yours. Um, yeah, so that that whole zine is called Neptune and the Black Creation or the Black Experience or the Black Condition. I forgot what it's called, but it's on my <laughs> website. <great>. But <laughs> you were it, it was actually inspired by a talk that was at Astro Bash. Um, honestly, like Vernon Robinson's talk. So I always I started off the zine by telling people to go check out his work. So he did a lot of astrology work on the first black slave ship that landed in Hampton in 1619. And he was actually the person who during that talk, like just dropped a random one liner that he said, like, black people are Neptunian. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And then I started thinking and it started churning the weeks and the months went by. And I was like, I have to write about this because I've also seen it. So one of the ways that I think Beyonce, her Neptune in the third house, um, the way that it contributes to like the Neptunian condition and what she does for Black people is she, her voice, she's kind of like a visionary. And I think of the third house as how we see the world. Um, and there's a lot about Neptune in the third house. It's like, I want to see the world through the lens of healing or idealism or what could be. And the third house being like communication, um, songwriting as a form of communication, dancing as a form of communication, anything that gets across a message can be kind of third house related. Um, so Neptune there, of course, her communication is through these very gl glamorous artistic means very imaginative means, but I also see it as her voice and her message as impacting, right, Neptune, like forever memorable, or she, you know, will leave an impression far after she has gone. And we can say that about a lot of famous people, but I don't think we can say that about a lot of famous people in the Black community to the Black community. Like, she's just done something, whether it's healing, whether it's inspiration, whether it's just breathtaking artwork I think Oprah said she went to the Renaissance tour and she was like it was so crazy to see the energy that made the stars on stage inside of Beyonce like the whole cosmos I don't know just inside of her um, and I was like yeah it does kind of feel that she's emblematic of something bigger something higher that we can't touch or we feel we can't touch which I just think has a lot to do with that Neptunian third house and it will be forming yeah like a sextile to the Venus so it's coming through the music a sextile to the ascendant in general so it's being communicated or performed through her identity so that's kind of how i see her third house neptune is coming in and thank you for asking that because i actually hadn't ever focused too much on that neptune third house so i was just like no she has libra rising libra rising <laughs> <laughs> but i was like forgetting that it puts neptune in the third um and i think that just makes a tremendous amount of sense given what we know about her so totally yeah, she doesn't strike me as a Jupiter second house person. She doesn't make moves like me, okay? She makes calculated moves. I exactly. make like, those ridiculous parlay sports bets. It's like stupid. Yeah, um, Neptune third second house is like bad, not bad, but like a kind of iffy relationship with money, right? It comes, it goes, it flows. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. I just can never lose confidence, you know? Because yeah. it'll break and then it's a shit show. I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> I think like to kind of speak to what you were saying, Camille, about that Neptunian and SAG influence in the third, I think that also comes back to, again, that collective energy because it yeah. is such a visually delivered thing and it's like communicated through thoughts and sorry, not thoughts, through like imagery generally, yeah. but even like through auditory visuals, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I can totally see that, especially like with Neptune kind of adding this, like you're not seeing 
what you're getting kind of like subliminal messagery even um that again kind of helps change people from that soul level to help empower them to help embody them to help like yeah just again coming from that soul and she just so embodies her energetics wow thank you i never would have looked into her so this was really fun for me <laughs> i have a i have a last question for the both of y'all so based on this conversation that we had today is beyonce more of a healer who is a performer or a performer who heals i think she's a healer who has chosen her medium to be art yeah for sure oh interesting i kind of see it as the other way around oh <laughs> it's time to fight she does what she does i don't need to fight about it it's like whatever <laughs> why however you're doing it just please keep doing it yeah <laughs> yeah yes. amazing well camille we wanted to just say again this was such a pleasure i had such a good time um <laughs> I smoked my whole joint. So this is amazing. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for everyone who's listening, Camille, I want to give you like, you know, a couple of minutes to talk about you, yourself, anything you want to highlight. Um, I know we talked about the zine. Um, so yeah. So my name is Camille. You can find me at CamilleMichelleGray.com. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes somewhere. Um, and you can follow me also on Twitter or an Instagram at Millie Michelle. Um, I just post my thoughts there. Uh, a lot of thoughts sometimes, sorry. <laughs> um, consulting astrologer, so you can always book a reading, solar return, Saturn return, natal chart. Um, I have that scene up, Neptune in the Black Condition. This is kind of like my first time trying out like an offering because I write a lot, but I write a lot for free. <laughs> and this is something that meant a lot to me. So that's up on the website that people can check out if they want to. Otherwise, I'm on the astrology podcast. I recently released an episode about Saturn and the music industry. We do talk about Beyonce there as well, having that Saturn in Libra and what she was up to during her Saturn return. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you can just find me on the interwebs. And if you want to check out who I am or get a reading or anything, you can just email me. Sick. Thank yeah. you so much. And you know, for everyone listening, you know where to find us at the Cosmic Clubhouse on Instagram if you're looking for, you know, Bravo Astrology pop culture content. And <laughs> don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, and we know you have someone that wants to hear this episode. So please share it with them. Please do. Right. Happy holidays, y'all. Happy holidays. Happy, Happy New Year. Year.